<laughs> More episodes. Episode Believe 291. It or not, people. Yes, and yes. I did get a couple responses saying people kind of liked you rhyming. So if you want to uh-huh. rhyme with uh-huh. 291, you feel free. Uh-huh. Mm, it's no. looking like a good time. <laughs> you thought I was going to say fun, but I, I did. did. I'm waiting for episode 300. That's actually my objection to the rhyming is that they there's only so many you can do. Right. <laughs> that makes episode sense. 291 better get done? yourself a done and a bun. Well, not a gun. See, this is why we stop people. Are you we happy? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Anyway, and neither are they. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Are you? What's going on? I just did my vision board for 2019. Oh, it's God. a little late, but what? I feel very good about it. What is it? A bulletin board or what? A poster? Well, no, it's like a little piece of paper, you know, like a little, eight and a half by 11. Oh, okay. Deal. And what did you put on yeah. there? Anything you want to share? Mm, I put a lot of like self-care things, mm-hmm. like uh, just a lot of phrases, like, you know. Yeah. Inspiration. You're, you're, you can do it. Mm-hmm. and. You know, what did you do today to motivate yourself to exercise? Wow. And those kind of things. That's so, fun. Yeah. yeah You're I feeling love doing positive. That. I am feeling positive. Uh, do you always do a vision board? I'm not familiar with this with um, you. I'd say there's been like maybe one or two years that I haven't. The la- last year I didn't do one, but the years before I have. Okay. And you feel like it actually makes a difference in your year? Yeah, I think when uh, when you know I like to go back and look. I always save them, and I look at old ones. Like one that I had from like four or five years ago, I had a picture of the car that I now own. No, and so that's really fun when I can like look at it and go, "Oh, I, I achieved that. I achieved that." Like back in the day, there were ones that like said, "You know, get into grad school mm-hmm. or get a you know all A's or whatever." And it's nice when I'm like, "Oh, I did all. I did that." That's cool. I, I like the yeah. idea of saving them. Yeah, and then you can look back and go, man, 10 years ago I I wanted this car and now I have it. I don't know how you organize all this stuff in your house. I mean, they're just on little pieces of paper. So I have a box that has all my art from like forever. It's like one of those art, mm-hmm. full, like big, you know, cases that all the art students carry around in college. And I have uh, one of those filled with all my goodies from back in the day. This is reminding me I wanted to follow up with you because I did watch an episode of Tidying Up in response oh, to your... Oh, what you think? Well, of course, it's so fun to watch. And, mm-hmm. you know, there is that feeling. The same as like when you watch any show about like someone that's kind of fucked up and then you feel pretty good about yourself yeah um but it was that first episode where the couple kept calling each other babe and like they clearly hated each other and um and so here's my only objection because you know i am a big fan of organization i'm a super purger i have a rule like one thing in one thing out like Mm -hmm. i'm into the whole principle i am not into the, her practice of making it more of a spiritual act where you thank the clothes and mm. say thanks for helping me in my life and then you get rid of it. That seems like a weird combination to me. I think it's good for people who have difficulty letting go. Oh, why? Why does it help them? Because for you, it's like, oh, yeah, no big deal. I have a system, one thing in, one thing out. Mm-hmm. But for somebody who has an attachment to the item. Yeah. Having a ritual, I mean, we do this in therapy. There's like an entire class on like creating rituals Mm -hmm. and why it's really important to have something to kind of seal it or be start it. And it makes it more, I don't know. It's, it's 
there's it does something to us when you're able to create some sort of ritual around it and and then it kind of changes how you look at that item when you're able to say thank you for serving me and now I don't need you anymore huh. and it kind of like gets rid of that feeling of oh my god but I still need this it's, because yeah. people almost form like attachments with an item. So you have to sever that attachment in the same way you would like, it's like a relationship you have to end and it would, it feels too traumatic to just take it away. That maybe that's the problem then for me is that like, why are people developing these relationships with like a cookie tin or, you know, something that's like, there's a deeper meaning. In it. Like, what does it represent? <laughs> what is it, you know, Who like gave I remember it to my you mom or... exactly. Mm-hmm. What does it mean? And then you have to kind of unpack that. Okay. Well, if this is your, t- that's why she saves the, um, uh, like memento kind of category for the end, because you have to like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to become used to getting rid of things because something that's uh, sentimental will be even more difficult. Like everything becomes sentimental. So you get used to getting rid of things like clothes that don't have deeper meanings. And then when you come to this thing that's sentimental, you go, okay, I can do you know, it. I can do it. Is the memory still there? Yes. Does this represent, you know, what does this represent to me? I still have the relationship. We can say thank you for reminding me of these times, but I'm ready to let you go. Okay. So then the other part that I practice, I do not keep a lot of books in my house and I get rid of them when I'm done with them. But a lot of people really love collecting books and keeping them on the shelf. And even if they're not going to read them, even if they've read them a million times, And so this was like a big controversial part of the show where a lot of people were like, fuck off with your book prescriptions to get rid of books. And I wonder what you think about it. Hmm. I don't, you know, I don't know. It's, I think it depends on like anything you can have. Are they serving you? Are they creating more stress in your life? You know, if you've just got them, I think they, they call it like paper, right? Does, do books fall into the paper (laughs) category? Yeah. I think they do. So I think it's when books become then magazines, which then are all over the table <laughs> and they're on newspapers. Mail. It's like, yeah, it's like, what do you really need? And, you know. Okay, but like. And it's, it organizes your, your brain, you know? Like, you can have 100 books, but you can't have 5,000. But her, her idea of it has to spark joy, I feel like it's kind of bullshit because if somebody said 1,000 books sparks joy for them, each one, if they went through every title and said, this sparks joy, I think she would be like, no, no. I don't think that she means it when she says, as long as it sparks joy, you can keep it. But if you had like a totally, like the rest of your house is totally organized and everything was fine and you just loved your books. Yeah. I don't think there would be a problem. Okay. I don't, I don't know if she would be like, you know, she wouldn't hold fast to that. Maybe. Well, I don't know. We'd have to ask. Her. I mean, speaking of rituals we love, how about the vitamins? Perfect. <laughs> now it's become more about the segue. Uh, ritual vitamins are so awesome. I've talked about them for a long time, but it's the perfect time of year to start a good habit. So if you're going to do that, you ought to get the nutrients you need that most of us don't get from our diets. Here's why these are better than anyone else. They taste like mint. I just told this to somebody and they were like, what? That's a game changer. They taste like mint. So they don't make you 
feel like you just ate garbage <coughs> and they're time release. So you don't get that sick feeling if you're like, oh, I didn't eat enough food before I took this or whatever, which I've, is for me a game changer because now I can take vitamins every day and it's delivered to your door. It's a subscription, but you can snooze it if you need to. You can put it on pause, cancel, whatever you need to do. And better health doesn't happen overnight. Start your year with an essential for women, a small step that helps create a healthy foundation for 2019 and beyond. Visit ritual.com slash brain candy to start your ritual today. That's ritual.com slash brain candy. How happy was I when you said ritual? Yeah, perfect. Sorry, I had a little throat tickle in there. I got excited. <laughs> well, this is a really, were you? I didn't even hear you. Oh, good. I was trying to be super quiet about it. Wow. That's amazing because we're recording at a different time and my house was really cold. And I'm like, well, I'm putting my furnace on. It's just what I'm doing and because it's super loud. So how are you able to cough? But I can't have I don't my know. furnace on. This is amazing. I, I was a silent cougher away from the mic because I'm a professional over here. <laughs> Do you think that the tidying up season improves and keeps getting better or each episode is similar? Yes. Yes, I do. And here's why. Because I think they did an excellent job with casting. Mm -hmm. They, you know, one of the, I think it's the next episode, episode two or three, uh, where she, and this was my favorite one. I was really hoping you'd see this so we could talk about the cultural diversity component. But she has a Japanese family. And it is really interesting to Right? Yeah. And it's a Japanese family that has hoarding tendencies for sure. And so it's really interesting to see the, like, people who have the same background. And then you see, like, you know how sometimes, you know, we meet somebody who doesn't speak the language and we almost talk to them in, in this tone where we're talking very slowly, like, yes, you know, they're doing that. And they're talking to her in this tone. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, man, it doesn't even matter if you're from the same culture. or so You just do that. Yeah. And it was interesting to see how a Japanese family reacted to these, you know, something that is very kind of in a way you think, oh, like Japanese people are like, this is kind yes. of like where that comes yes. from and this whole art of organizing. And, you know, I loved that. And they have a lot of uh, uh, LGBT couples on there and different you know, family backgrounds and combined families and all this stuff. So I thought the casting and to show the, how like organizing affects different people at different stages of their lives. Like, you know, you're, you have kids who are leaving, so you want to get that stuff out or you have kids now and you need to organize because there's a million of them running around and toys are everywhere, whatever. So I liked that. I think it's funny how I keep reading articles about how now donations at all these places are up like 40%. And, Mm. you know, there's a line around the block to donate to Goodwill. And I mean, it's a good thing. I don't know. Suze, I went went on December 30th to Goodwill. It was like... Big mistake. Oh, mistake. (laughs) I had a long list of things I was doing that day. I was like going to the dentist and going to, you know, go to go grocery shopping and pick up the dry cleaning. The thing that took me the longest on my list of things to do was waiting in line at the Goodwill. It took me 45 minutes because everybody wanted to get that little piece of paper that says they donated before the end of the year. Yeah. So I waited. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And then I had already committed and there were people behind me and I'm like, oh, well, I'm stuck here. So we went to Ikea the other day and I noticed there was a ton of people in the section where you buy like organizing crap. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that's a big thing where people have the intention of organizing and they buy all the gear, you know, and I, that is one thing I really like about the Marie Kondo method is that she doesn't, 
say you need fancy stuff. Like right. you can it's use like, a shoe this box. Old shoe box. Yeah. I think Which that's Which I found great. has been the most, you know, like I redid all the shoe section in my closet and I tried those like, you know, plastic shoe containers, but they're not perfectly rectangular. Shoe boxes work the best. Right. There's nothing wrong with those. No. Yeah. <laughs> so I do like that because usually when people come out with some sort of thing that goes viral and everyone's doing it, it's they have a product they want to sell you, which she does have products, but she is very open and says, you can just use whatever you have. So Do like you have that. an organizational item that you've purchased where you're like, oh my God, that was a complete waste and how dumb. Oh my God, a million times, especially oh, office yeah. stuff. Oh, I remember you gave, did I give this to you or did you give this to me? The tape, disp- tape roll, it was like. Oh yeah, that's for, the worst. It, like it was supposed to hold two rolls of tape that and all is this the stuff, worst. but it didn't work at all. No. And I think... A, I think you gave it to me and then I gave it to the good <laughs> <laughs> Right. It's just like, there's not a great way to organize all that weird stuff in your office. That's what I found. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'll have to But you Marie. introduced me to my favorite item, which is the uh, Lazy Susan large mm-hmm. compartment divider, like round <laughs> section thing for all your makeup or all your spices, anything. That thing is awesome. Yeah, that's a handy little gadget. Get that. Don't get the office organized. No, no, that's no good. Yeah. I spent uh, like 40 bucks one time on this uh, this purse organizer. That's oh, like yeah. A I've had one of those. that's supposed to go in the bottom the of your purse. They're the worst. For my really nice bag. No. It, uh-uh. it changed the shape of the bag. Uh-huh. It made it look like I was carrying around, well, shoe boxes. And it just did not look good. And I'm like, ugh. I mean, like, the, it's the thought that's nice, but I can't believe you spent forty bucks on one. I, well, the bag was really expensive, so I'm like, I do not want to ruin the bottom of the bag with a pen that comes open. Sure, it was supposed to be like designed. For, no, no, <laughs> foiled again. By yeah, the way, when I woke so up today, I saw that the um, Oscar nominations were being announced. Oh yeah, 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 and I am pissed. Because what? what t- why? <laughs> you'll be happy because you love Bohemian Rhapsody, and that was, you know, w- nominated for Best Picture. Um, but Mr. Rogers got snubbed in the documentary category. No. Yes. Oh, come on. That means there must have been some really good documentaries well, out this it year. It won that the one Golden was Globe. So good. It won. Oh, it did. Yeah. And then it didn't even get nominated for an Oscar. Dude. Mm-hmm. It should at least be nominated. Right. What else is in that category? Um. This movie I watched called Minding the Gap. It's about uh, skateboarders and, you know, what's going on in their lives. And it was good, but I'm surprised it would be my favorite. Um, That's cool. I'm going to have to watch that. Yeah, that was on Hulu, I think. I'm super into skateboarding stuff, too. Oh, you'll love it because it is beautiful cinematography where this kid was documenting them for, like, 10, 15 years, you know, as they grew up. Oh, that's awesome. What is it, Jerry Seinfeld, who's like, when I see a group of guys skateboarding, I'm like, you'll be all right. <laughs> I think it is, right. Why and is that, And it's totally though? true. Why? Because I was, we, Land and I were just watching, a, um, uh, like, another TV show on, like, skateboarders and everything, and the amount of, of like, they fall so much. And they always get back up and they Aww. keep going. And the camaraderie and everybody cheering people on. And it's really sweet. Like, when you see a group of skateboard guys, like, they are the best supporters. Because it's all about, like, yeah, you're going to fail a thousand times. But you're going to get it that one time. And everybody's just waiting for that one time. And it's 
it's like a metaphor for life. Like you fall down, you get up. You're going to, you know, you keep going, you're going to get better. You try something new and maybe you fail, but maybe you have some friends who show you how it's done and they cheer you on. Like all this stuff. And you're yeah. like, yeah, they are going to be all right. As long as you stay away from the drugs. I think I have weird, like, um, what's the word? Prejudice against them because they're like hooligans often. <laughs> Yeah, that's why it's like, as long as they stay away from the drugs, they're fine. But skateboarders aren't, the, it's the ones who are hanging out doing nothing. Mm-hmm. They're uh, the ones you have to worry about because they're bored. These skateboarders are, don't want to do anything other than just skateboard and mess around. <laughs> um, if you happen to be somebody who's documenting things, um, you know, of you skateboarding, if if that applies, or if, you know, you just get married and you have a video, but it's not digitized, I have a solution for you. It's Legacy Box. <laughs> Oh, that'd be perfect for old skate videos. See? You, yeah, man. Just, and if you have some of those, you definitely better get them all like digitally rendered so that you can put them up so I can watch exactly, it. Exactly. Because you probably have all these old VHS or reels or even just pictures that you need to get on a good old-fashioned USB or digitized in some way. And Legacy Box can do that for you. Because most of these things are just collecting dust and you can't even enjoy them. So... Why not preserve them forever? You can get your mom's stuff, your grandparents' stuff, whatever. Send it off. They take good care of it, and then they send it back to you. And also, they send you the digitized version. And there's never been a better time to digitally preserve your memories. Visit LegacyBox.com today to get started. Plus, for a limited time, they're offering our listeners an exclusive discount. Go to LegacyBox.com brain to get 40% off your first order. Go to LegacyBox.com com slash brain save 40 percent today get started preserving your past see that's like an easy category to organize and then you could just check it off the list yes and then you'll feel better it'll get you on a roll yes yes um totally but there there were many of the documentaries that i hadn't seen so i want to like go through the list because oh yeah 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 let's do it yeah get the scoop what's going i did watch a crazy documentary the other day that I almost text you, but then I thought, no, she shouldn't watch this. It's too triggering. Um, mm. It's called Abducted in Plain Sight, and it's about. Oh my gosh! I saw it, and I was like, you I didn't can't even see click it. On it. I didn't see it. See it. I saw it come up in my like, oh, hey, you oh, should oh, watch oh. this, and I was like, Mm-mm, Netflix. <laughs> yeah, you Tell shouldn't everybody. watch it because this is about a girl in the seventies in a family, a really nice family who, you know, had they had another family that they were really good f- friends with. The parents were both friends with the other parents, and then the kids were the similar ages. You know how that is. And the dad in the other family abducted one of the little oh girls. God. And it... Okay, so that part of the story is told in the first five, ten minutes of the film. Oh, my God. Which means you know yeah. there's more <laughs> twisted shit coming up. Right? I hate when they do that, slash love when they do that. Sarah, oh. it is insane and let me i'll just do this without spoiling anything which is to say that the naivete of people especially parents who you know are very trusting maybe they're in the church they trust they live in a small town so everybody knows each other that can lead to really fucked up situations yep because let me just say there are more than one person that were was involved with this man and and then he abducted the child. So he was using other people to get to this girl. And oh my God. you would not believe it. And the things that they... And he had daughters. I believe so. He had five kids. So I'm a, he, Oh, my God. They didn't go into detail about the, the kids or wife. 
And so I'm left wondering what happened to them. Yeah. But. Oh, my God. You would not believe what happens. Well, now I have to see it. Oh, but you're going to be triggered real bad. Yeah. Well, I'll make sure to schedule it right (laughs) before my therapy session. It's really, I mean, it's hard to believe, especially back in the 70s when, in the earlier, when people just trusted systems and, Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. you know. Like, oh, he's well, so that nice. was like stra- the, the, the days of stranger danger where it was like, as long as you know him, you're fine. But even the, the weird people you don't know. Even the FBI agent who was working on the case said that he had never been taught anything but stranger danger. The yep. FBI agent. So, was, yeah. Well, I'm going in, in March, March or April, I think. Maybe April. I'm going to the military base out in Hawaii to do a lecture on trauma-informed uh, response. Really? So that I can train people who are first responders and people who are, like, on military bases who have to hear these stories how to receive the information in a healthy way. Really? Yes, because it is only right now that we're really learning that the way that we respond to trauma and what we do with these stories when people tell us really affects their outcomes. What? Yeah. So what don't they know that you're going to be informing them? Um, you know, a lot of it is just simple language. Like, really? bl- It's a lot of stuff that we, we already, like, it seems, like, really obvious to us of, like, the blaming language or even, like, you know, we all know, like, that what was she wearing kind of question. But sure, kind of unpacking that and, like, you know, what questions are similar to that that can have the same feelings or how do we, like, word things so it's not blaming the victim and more, like, gathering information and what's the right timeline, what's, you know, all those kind of things. Why do you think it feels like some of this is going backwards? Uh, I don't know if it seems like it's going backwards. I think it's more like we're shining a light on things and we're recognizing, you know, we're, it's like flipping on a light switch. And all of a sudden it's like, whoa, this is what we've been doing wrong. We see like the effects of this. I think people always go in with good intentions, but, you know, a lot of times for um, like police officers or those FBI agents and things like that, their goals are very, um, their goals are like, I need to catch the perpetrator. I need to find out who did this rather than putting the victim first or survivor or however you want to say it, like saying, what do they need right now in this moment? It's almost like a different, you know, when I first went into college, I went into criminology cause I was like, Oh, I want to catch the guys who mm-hmm. did this. And then I realized that, I don't like, I need to work with the victims and I need to work with those people because I, I want to do more of the helping thing versus the, it's just like a different energy. It's a different like listening versus like action, you know? Yeah. I mean, they got to switch on more of like a listening energy and like receiving information than, you know, having almost like their own agenda. I don't know. I guess, I hope you're right that it's not going backwards, but even just the statistics on um white supremacy and people associating with organizations like the kkk has surged in the last two years that that, that's like a whole other true but i think they're related i think misogyny and racism are related and tend to be Mm -hmm. perpetrated by the same people and so Mm -hmm. i suspect that if there were groups that were like (laughs) pro-rape they would be surging too 
God. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, those are like the, what do they call those men who Incels. are, yes, mm-hmm. like that. And you know, <laughs> like that. so we're talking, we're talking about this a lot in, in my supervision about toxic masculinity and how, you know, we really do have to look at how these changes are affecting men and how they've been socialized to like that masculinity means a very specific thing. And they've been socialized to like with that meaning and, you know, of like, you need to be aggressive and you need to not show your emotion and you need to always be, you know, achieving or whatever it is. Just a very, like all this toxic masculinity stuff. And then we have these, you know, we get these men in therapy who are, you know, in there for couples therapy or even individual therapy. And they're like, not being able to express my emotions is really affecting me. And I don't know how to do it. And all the messages that I've gotten growing up tell me don't do this. And they're like stuck in this place where they like want to change, but everything tells them not to. And so they're experiencing this really dramatic shift as well of like, how do I figure this out? What does this all mean? Where do I even go for these lessons? Do, what does it mean to be a man any, like now? And how can I still be a man and also take care of my emotional needs and blah, blah, blah. And it's really hard. You know, I got to give it to them. Like, I understand this whole, this, the pushback of, mm. of no. And that's why like these, there are these guys who are like digging their heels in of like, no, I don't want to change. This is like, me having to surrender my entire identity when we're saying no no you just need to kind of expand it i have it is hard for them i have the perfect toxic masculinity story oh tell me which is an oxymoron um (laughs) basically this dude was sent to the hospital because he had back pain and he decided to treat himself by injecting his own semen in his arm (laughs) No, yes, no, 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 Sarah, who thinks, th- think about the thought process of that. Like there, the <laughs> amount of steps. Go, let's go through takes. it. Let's go through it. So first you say, what do you think the first thought is? My like, back hurts. I need to find an alternative, <laughs> like this pain is too much. I need to find an alternative treatment. Yeah. And I know what is the strongest, most potent thing out there. My own semen. <laughs> Is that what we're saying? What what do you think the thought is? Yeah, I do. I think he thought it's the lifeblood, right? It's this thing that creates life. Okay. (laughs) I mean, like, I I wonder if it's like any, like other things where, you know, they had to go through, like he tried injecting other things and this was like, you know, or was this the first (laughs) on the list? He had done it once a month for 18 months. Okay. (laughs) Does that come with any... does it what are the side effects well it his arm was really swollen and red and they went did this you know x-ray or whatever it is mri or whatever they do to see what was going on and i don't remember the words but there i don't know if there was air trapped in there or something and so obviously it was getting infected gross infected with your own semen now that is (laughs) about as nasty as it gets right why don't you just drink it good point there's i mean that seems very severe to ingest that would be gay (laughs) well uh i have no segue from that but here's the deal brandless products are out of this world (laughs) 
Especially their pencil sharpener. Oh, you got I know that? I know it sounds like no big deal. Yeah. But I have yet to find a good makeup pencil sharpener that doesn't yeah. destroy my lip gl- my lip yes. uh, liners. The search this is one, over. Magical. Magical. <laughs> I and three dollars. I know. Yes. I mean, the prices are insane. It's so Tell cool. Tell them. So this company is called Brandless, and I had seen Jessica Seinfeld posting about it all the time on her Instagram, and I thought, what is this all about? And it's a scent she kept saying, everything's $3, and I just thought, well, how is that possible? I don't get it. Well, then we went to the website, and we found all these awesome products where they're organic, they're fair trade, they're non-GMO really high quality products and again they're super affordable then they came in the mail and i don't know if you bought the chocolate chip cookies no <laughs> sarah well, I didn't know it's life changing and this oh is God, not an serious. exaggeration after we ate the bag in one sitting me and lincoln i did a separate order of just cookies nice. <laughs> i ordered like Met nine bag requirements <laughs> We're like, I need 40 bags. I Because they're amazing and they're so light and unbelievable. But really, the beauty is that these are high-quality, wonderful products that you can feel good about ordering, and they're affordable. Yes. And right now, our listeners can receive $10 off the first orders of $50 or more and free shipping at Brandless. Go to brandless.com, code BRAINCANDY, to start saving on high-quality products. Don't wait a second. Go to brandless.com, enter Brain Kenny, and you get $10 off for your first order of $50 or more and free shipping. Start enjoying high-quality products you deserve today. I just love that they're transparent. They cut out the middleman. They, yeah. you know, you know how much everything is. You're not surprised. I was reading, speaking of that, I was reading an article about how Amazon basically ruined online shopping. And it was about... Yes. <laughs> Sarah, I knew you'd be into that. So I watched a whole documentary thing on that oh, too. Oh, maybe Dude. it was a similar thing. Was it talking about like the way that the the prices fluctuate and people don't? Yep. Really, oh my god! Tell me what they you call saw. it dynamic pricing. Yes. Tell me mm-hmm. what you saw. Oh well, <clears throat> I saw that like Amazon cares more about the uh, stockholders, like their oh. the shares and like how it does on the market than the actual growth of like an item or a product or how much money that's making they look at like the overall obviously how you know i don't know the details there yeah but basically they'll they put other people out of business by dropping the prices so low to the point where they're not even making any money they're losing money on it but like they keep all of your data and they keep giving you like hey do you need to buy diapers exactly again? Hey, do you need to whatever so they drop the price so low that you know, even if it's a $2 difference, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to get my diapers on Amazon. Then you get them there and then you keep getting them That's there right. rather than going to Target anymore. And then they can inflate the prices again, put the other guys out of business. And I noticed that, that my prices will change. Yeah. Like, um, you know, there's like, a, and, and in this article I was reading, they gave you tips and tricks on how to avoid the dynamic pricing um yeah, like traps yes. that things set you up in. Things like clearing out, deleting all your cookies. Yeah. Um, even, oh, this one was crazy, that it, different zip codes give different pricing. Mm. So 
try your zip code, like if you're going to online shop somewhere, but then try a friend's zip code or somebody else's zip code, maybe even in a more rural area, pricing will be different. Wow. Yep. That is interesting. I didn't realize it was customer specific. Yes. Oh, all of it is. And for stores that you go to frequently. So this was in Wired Magazine that I read this. And it said that stores that you frequently shop online at uh, will keep track of your visits. And even like uh, if you have it set up to where your location tracking is on, that when you're in a mall, they'll start, they'll advertise you there, but they won't advertise you at a cheaper price. They'll advertise you at the highest. They'll like, Mm. you know, try to get, because they're like, oh, she's bought pants from express before let's give it to her at 20 percent off and then maybe if you don't go there a lot the discount will be 40 percent off oh my god it's totally you got to like delete all your cookies all the time well you gotta yeah 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 i am was not familiar with these things but i guess they had there was a period of time and maybe they still do it where they'll send you like a little button that you can put for example in your laundry room and when you run out of detergent you just push the button and it orders more and in Germany, they found it to be, um, what's the word, unlawful or I- illegal because they said that, you know, customers didn't know what they were ordering. They didn't have enough information. And then Amazon could basically charge whatever they want and people were getting screwed. And so that that small sort of uh, justice system intervention is important, but it's just kind of not enough. Because that's just in Germany, you know. Uh (laughs) Well, did you read about Jeff Bezos' divorce? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. She's making out like a bandit. (laughs) Well, I was annoyed, though, because during that day, they put out a list of the top billionaires. And Mm -hmm. there wasn't one woman on the list, number one. But whenever they get the divorce, she'll be on the list because she'll she'll be the uh, richest woman in the world. Um, Lovely. Yeah, it, but then of course it brought out the misogyny there too. Mm. People oh, on Twitter, yeah. you know, they were furious. I, I can't believe it. Like, no pussy is worth seventy billion, whatever it was. Oh, and I was just god. like, oh my god, I hate everything. Yeah, <laughs> so depressing. Ugh. But I don't yeah. know to what extent she assisted in um, starting the company. There's sort of mixed. I think I think a significant amount because, like, at least from what I heard, he said like. You know, they're friends and it seems like a, a, you know, amicable divorce or whatever. And she, he seems like he's being real, like. Yes. Respectful. Yeah. 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 Right. It is kind of disturbing that anyone would be that rich, but go ahead. Oh my God. (laughs) Well, Amazon, that's it. It's like the whole thing. And I'm, I I think the show is called Patriot Act or something like that. It's with Hassan Minaj on, on Netflix. Oh Yeah. That's the one where I heard about the Amazon, all the Amazon stuff. He talks about it. Yeah, so he does every episode. He does a oh, different that's subject. Cool. I like that. And and he breaks it down and like you know adds some jokes and it's real good. And so it's fun to to do that. But in uh, in line with all of the like automatic you know voice activated buying and stuff like that, I was reading another article that was talking about uh, IBM's new product called the Watson assistant. Have you heard of this? What is that? So it's kind of like that. It's one, it's like this voice activated, like shopping assistant. That's kind of like your Siri where you're like, Hey Siri, order Mm -hmm. dishwasher detergent. Oh my God, please don't order it. (laughs) I'm just making sure it's not like ordering it right now for me because I have an (laughs) Apple watch. Um, 
but so this this new IBM Watson thing that they're developing is go- they're taking it to another level. So what this thing does, they call it what do they call it? Conversational commerce, I guess. And they're these chat bots that are capable of helping you decide what it is you're looking for. Oh, so Lord. you go into you're like shopping online and maybe you find a pair of pants that's close to what you want, but you just say to this thing, you know, I like that. Uh, it says a clothing shopper might say that's about what I like, but the thing, but the thing Selena Gomez was wearing the other night was closer. Oh my and then God. the machine will like find something that's even closer to that. And then the very last line of this article, which is like what, and then it just cuts off and it doesn't tell me how they're doing this or where this technology comes from. But it says. Uh, we're working on an idea where we show them the image and they can pick from similar options. We've also begun, begun using linguistics and tonal analysis oh to detect customer emotions Stop. such as anger, happiness, and disgust. <laughs> so they will know by your tone of how you go, eh, I don't like those, that you really didn't like the pants or that you really liked the pants. This is insane. Which is crazy to me because I'm like... Most husbands and wives can't even figure that tone out. <laughs> so now we're going to have a computer that does it? That's such a good point. How about just like a regular one in my house that says, mm, he's not mad. He's just, you know, internalizing his emotions from his conversation with his mother or whatever. I hope that this can read sarcasm in this house. Right. I like this is this seems like I, I feel like we're using this for, for uh, you know, things maybe that I don't know. There's other there's other ways to apply this technology. Well, a good way to apply technology these days is to customize your hair products. I can't even oh, believe yes. you can do this. It's so awesome. Dude, I am obsessed with my conditioner. I used it this morning. My hair has been super silky and shiny because I got the smoothing stuff in there. Boom. It is really awesome. Function of Beauty is the company. And you can go on there. And, you know, everyone's hair is different. <laughs> And it seems so obvious now to be like, oh, you actually should probably get something designed for your hair. But, you know, up until recently, I didn't even know this was a thing. So it's so cool. You can go on there. You do this real quick quiz about, like, what your hair is all about and, like, what you want from the products. And then they send it to you. Mine is purple because I want the kind that prevents brassiness when you dye your Mm -hmm. hair. And it is so awesome. And effective, too. I feel like my hair has yes. improved in just a couple weeks. Um, it's basically salon-level quality at a better price, which what's not to love about that? It has safe, natural ingredients, and even the bottle says your name, so it's super yep. cute. Um, but basically, it's it's been a wonderful product for me. I got a, t- a Facebook post from somebody who tagged me and said they are loving theirs and that makes me happy and our listeners will receive 20 percent off your first custom formula all you have to do is go to functionofbeauty.com now and take the two-minute hair profile quiz design your 100 percent unique shampoo and conditioner formula and use code brain candy at checkout for that 20 percent off your first order at functionofbeauty.com and that's code brain at checkout for 20 percent off at functionofbeauty.com i love it yeah, man. Um, okay, this is what I want to know. <laughs> yes. Did you read about the restaurant in Paris that closed recently, which was notable because it is a nudist restaurant? I sure did. And <laughs> what do you think of this? I mean, I feel like anytime you combine the possibility of. Mm, splattered bacon grease or dropped knives <laughs> near important 
important body parts, you might be running into trouble. And also, <laughs> nothing makes me feel more insecure than eating when I feel like yes. eating at a pool. Have you ever Ag- ordered food Sarah, like when you're at a pool? You so oh my right. God. You feel like a pig if you're eating french fries in a bikini. You have never been more right. And so that's what I think with this is like, you know, I when I heard this, I it reminded me of that that restaurant that was popular yes. maybe like five in or the six dark. years ago where you'd eat in the dark. Yes, mm-hmm. Sue's. Yeah, and I'm like, people love that shit because you don't. You're it's not the opposite. Judged. You can eat what. It's the opposite. Yeah. I'm like, no wonder this didn't work. What the hell are they thinking in France? That is that is the real question: is who greenlit this thing? <laughs> Yeah. And put their money into it because you know they had to have investors and stuff. And maybe they thought, oh, it's like a cool novelty and it's like people, it's kind of naughty. You know, you get to see other people naked. Mm-hmm. So, like, oh, I don't like that. I mean, it's so insane. It is. And, like, oh, God. <sighs> Let's walk through what that would be like. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, okay. How do you first, think it works when you get there? I think first you have to say, <clears throat> you're making the decision to go there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So do you invite somebody with you? Do you say, like, is this, like, you and your... Do you go with a date? Like, is it you and your wife? Are you into looking at other people naked? Is this, like, a voyeuristic thing? Or are there people who like to be watched? Like, somebody's either going there with the intention of, hey, I really like when people look at me naked, or they're going there with the intention of, hey, I really want to see other people totally. naked. Totally. Like, it's not... Th- right? There's There's... It's my favorite part was when it said in the article that between each guest, they have to like replace the covers on the seats. Oh, gross. (laughs) Oh, my God. And don't even get me started on like what the underside of that table looks like. Who knows? Yeah, probably just jizz everywhere. Yeah, they're not cleaning (laughs) things right. I mean, there's a bunch of problems with this. Right. And then other question. Yeah. Are the servers naked? I don't. So they're fully clothed. I think That's they are. Fucking weird. I think they are, or at least they have aprons, like full body aprons. Oh my! Or what if they just had aprons covering up their like <laughs> important bits? Right. And, and then, oh my god, what if it's like five star dining and like they the server comes out and they put like a napkin on your lap like they do? <laughs> and then Here the you guys go, like pitch in a tent. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Well, okay, let me ask you this. Women's wearing a lobster bib just to like... <laughs> How much would it take for you to be paid to do it, to go with me? Oh. <clears throat> How many people are at this restaurant? I think it's I a normal... I assume it's a no camera situation. Yeah, it's no cameras, and then they have no <sighs> windows either. No, uh, you could pro- I'd probably do it for 500 Really? 500 bucks? Yeah. Yeah, oh, excuse me. I mean, that Where? seems low. Oh, I, I would do it for 500 Really? Assuming everybody else in the restaurant's naked, too, and they're paying for dinner. That's true. And I can't like, see okay. you. You'd get your BDE, big dick energy, and just wipe totally. and bebop in there, like, no problemo. Mm-hmm. Sometimes in places where it's, like, uh, uh, nudity is, is, like, customary yeah. or part of it, mm-hmm. I get very confident. Like, Korean day spas. <laughs> That's right. You do I feel so that. good. I'm just, like, naked, no problem. I'm totally the naked person in, like, the locker room. I don't even care. Really? Because anybody, I I went through a stage where I I like was really shy and embarrassed about yeah. it. Yeah. But then I realized like anybody, it's more when somebody else was naked in a locker room, I was the one who was more embarrassed. So I was like, oh, well, everybody's who cares? Everybody's like, it's like their own shit. So I'm just gonna. This is what you're supposed to do in a locker room. Yeah. And 
So if I they can, have a problem with it, I can understand shit. that more than, you know, going and sitting yeah. down on a chair. Right. And, ooh. Right. I've never been naked. In, well, except that one time I had to run up a hill yeah, naked know, for the show. About but that. besides that, I've never really been naked. I've never, you know, been naked in public without. How many? Except I think maybe I have because I drove home the other night and uh, my husband was getting changed in the bathroom and I definitely saw him uh, naked from our street. And I was like, oh, wow, that window open, you can see if it's nighttime. So I made sure to shut that window. You and I think are... I maybe have given some neighbors some shows before. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. But it's like only a very specific place. Like you have to be driving down the street and looking and, and you know, someone would be naked. But... So yeah. basically, you had a window that didn't. What it didn't have a curtain or or blind. Well, we did. It was just like kind open. of open. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Good to know, huh? Yeah. Really good to Your know. Your neighbors. But were I went in my so spa happy. naked last night, and I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> wow. This is all. Yeah, I know what you mean though about how it makes you think of that restaurant where they're in the dark. And do you remember yeah. that Evan, our friend from the show, went to that restaurant? Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, in uh, Canada, they had one. I think it was called Noir. And yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And he described what it was like. And that I get a little more because, yeah, it's a novelty and it's silly. But they argued that you could taste better, you know, like a blind yeah. person or something. Your senses are. <laughs> Except I've heard that that's not true. Yeah, that seems made up. <laughs> that, that, like, if you take away one sense, you think that the other ones become stronger. Yeah. But it's more like you just. You just use them more. Right. You rely They're on the them same more. strength. <laughs> you just rely. Yeah. It's like not like. Right. Know. Yeah. 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 Right. That's funny. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I have a little update yeah. on. Remember last episode, a couple episodes ago, maybe we talked about the, uh, how much time it takes from the conception of a product to the production of it. Mm-hmm. Well, I talked to my brother who's a, an electrical engineer, like in the electrical engineer department at, you know school Mm -hmm. and he i thought he i mean i did not know it turned into like an hour lecture on where products came from and all this stuff and he gave me stories tell you so he told me that the range is especially for car manufacturers is about two to five years depending and it it matters Uh. if they have carryover major components so if the engine is the same or major parts are the same then it'll speed up production time but he said a really good example of how things uh, how there is a a a time like it does take a specific amount of time was the story about the honda manufacturers and ferrari manufacturers and they would go head to head and race in like formula one racing and there was a year where honda came out with a faster i think it was either honda or acura but they came out with a faster engine that was going to beat ferrari and the owner of the company i don't know honda or whatever poured like a ton of money and was like i have to beat ferrari and it became like this really petty thing so it was like his own (laughs) ego (laughs) which is like nothing drives a production faster than a rich guy's own ego and that was two (laughs) years so my brother was like even with all of his petty stuff and him wanting to it still took two years to do it so that's kind of like the the that's the the fastest fastest it could possibly go into Yes, and I even double checked with an like engineer in auto in the auto business, yeah. like online, and, and my brother was exactly right. Wow, yeah. that is. So. I mean, I guess it doesn't surprise me. There's a lot of things that go into making something as huge and important, and you know, you need to make sure it's safe as a car. Yeah. But like, I think we were 
correct when we said, you know, I think they know what's going to come out in 10 yeah. years, at least conceptually. And my brother said the military is, is like 10 to 20 yes. years, like in the future. Right, because they test yeah. crap that sounds cuckoo crazy, like a time travel, yeah. and just because if it is ha- going to happen, they need to know. Yes, yeah. But it's, oh it's when you find out about it, you're like, really? You're t- like, even yeah. the paranormal stuff, you know, they don't care. They'll look into anything if it's going to help them. Yeah. It's kind of bonkers. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's almost like those big guys are look like predicting, you know, however long in the future, and they're you know, doing like the AI stuff to, to, I don't know, transform all these objects into more like artificial intelligence stuff, like the cars or the shopping assistants and all that. Yeah. And then all the stuff in between, like regular people are figuring out how to do this. Like I read all these articles about, um, you know, like regular people who are using like the uh, artificial intelligence to, design products like one woman who had absolutely zero background in computer science or anything like that but she wanted to find a she wanted a product that would detect diseases in plants wow and there wasn't an item for this so she taught herself how to build a neural <laughs> network wow. for computers based on youtube videos come on and got this i swear to god it's the most insane story i'm gonna find her name her name's shahaz Mahi- M-E-H-A-D-I, Mahadi. Wow. And she created this botanical, like, kind of like a WebMD for plants that you, she used the same technology, like the foundation of the technology for like an item, like when you put a, a, a picture up to something and it detects what it is, like this is a toilet seat cover, this is a desk, this is a phone, whatever. She used that same thing and trained the, the neural network to learn all these images of plants. So she took like 10,000 different images of plants and then created this program that now you can just put the picture. She's tested it first on a sick grapevine and it came oh up with God, the exact cool. disease that the grapevine have. Had. Wow. If, if And she was like a regular lady. <laughs> right, I love that. I mean, and... If you want something with botanicals in it, you should try BioClarity. Yes. Oh, my God. Their new product. Whoa. Uh, Their serum. Yes. Dude. They, Dude. they have a new serum that I'm in love with. I w- put it on every night now. It's, I've just added it to my routine. But BioClarity is so great for if you want better skin, whether you have problem skin like me or not, because it's just a three-step regimen that helps you get your skin where you want it to be, but it's not harsh, doesn't make your skin irritated because it has all these beautiful um, natural ingredients in it, like chlorophyll. And if you want to take the first step to healthier, more radiant skin, which I did years ago and now I'll never go back, go to bioclarity.com. Right now, our listeners, when you purchase a skincare routine, you'll get a free clarifying mask with your order. That's a $25 value for free, but you have to enter our code BRAINCANDY at checkout. Go to bioclarity.com and use code BRAINCANDY at checkout to get free clarifying mask when you purchase a routine. I love their masks, too. Um, And it really does help. And... Most of their competitors are so crazily priced. This is a real bargain, yeah. so go for it. Um, I really love when, what you were describing about when people that see an, a, like a void in the market or mm-hmm. something missing that they need, and then they just go make it. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Like, I'm mm. so impressed with that. 
And the crazy thing is she tried to find how to do it at her school. Like, she tried to look for classes, and there weren't any classes available. Um, it said her school didn't offer introductory classes in computer science, and so she just did it all on YouTube videos and... Yeah, There was a thing that a brainiac tagged me in a while ago where I think it might have been Brienne and a woman had built a whole house with her kids. She's a single mom uh, using YouTube videos on, you know, oh my God. just the basics of construct. Well, not even the basics. I mean, that's advanced. Yeah. Um, construction. That's badass. It's so badass. Oh my God. And how great would you feel about yourself if you built your own family's house yes i feel like that's something you would do idea of i i would that's i'm like okay that sounds like a great idea and what a good lesson those kids are learning of like you want information you can go get it anywhere it's pretty impressive you know i like that i'm gonna teach myself my my i just or it just arrived i'm very excited but i'm going to teach myself how to play the ukulele and i'm oh it it finally came it did i'm very i have to restring it though because I could not find a left-handed version for under $200. So I never thought about that. I must be I, like uh, right-handedness. What is that called? Oh, well, I did right, right-handed uh, Yes, right-handed ist. Yeah. <laughs> I uh I did a lot of research into uh uh, you know, how lefties play the ukulele and most of them were like, "Oh, you just play it right-handed." And then a bunch of left-handed people were like, "Ah, uh, no. Easier said than done." Right. You know, and so they really don't offer them and, you know, except for these what crazy What's the percentage of, money, of so. left-handed people in the world? I heard 10 to 15%. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Wow. You guys are weird. It seems like there's more of you though. It's kind of what there's a name I for that. I think so too. I does I do feel like there's more that the numbers are growing. Oh. But they say that with when and it's not seen as strongly in women because women already have the two hemispheres. Like, So the area of the brain that connects the two hemispheres, the corpus callosum, it's kind of like the highway by which information travels from one hemisphere to another, is larger, more like more active in left-handed males. So that communication oh. between the left and right hemisphere happens more often. Women already have that like yes, strong right, communication right, right. between those two. So I don't know if there's an advantage from what I've heard for left-handed women yeah since it's already already strong, but you do see that in men my brother is left-handed and he was forced to switch oh he I was one that. of those people that was you know young enough at the time when people that was still a thing that happened in schools is yeah. that the teachers just forced the lefties to write with their right hand and that is unbelievable to me yeah my grandma was a lefty who was taught to write with the right hand too i think it can be quite traumatic I think so too. I think you're like shutting down like stuff that is supposed to be, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe it served him in certain ways and that, you know, he could maybe have greater success in a certain way because it was Mm -hmm. forcing part of his brain to act. Oh, maybe. Yeah. But I think that the trauma outweighs the benefits Mm -hmm. for sure. However, there is a really interesting, um, uh, like therapeutic tool that you can do if you're dealing with like some childhood trauma or maybe some painful memories from the past, then sometimes we ask clients to 
journal with their opposite hand and write with their opposite hand because it can activate different parts of your brain. And also, when you go through traumatic childhood memories, writing, and it looks almost like childish writing, childish Mm -hmm. writing, you're, like, Mm -hmm. more connected to that memory in a way. And it allows you to kind of process it in a different way. Wow. It's so crazy. It's big in... uh, uh, like uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, that's like one of the really? things they use of like use in uh, like opposite handwriting to I have never heard heal that. the inner child. Wow. I really have never heard that. And it seems yeah, odd. A, it seems like an odd therapeutic it, tool. It does, but it really does work. Huh. I'm going to try that. Yeah. And what is supposed to it's happen? It's like one of those things where, where it's just an, another tool in the toolbox. You know, it's like as you're processing things as you're talking about things you can also use this to kind of see you know what is it supposed to do though oh uh, like activate a different like we were saying with the hand like left to help you nose, remember like something kind of a not necessarily help you remember but to just help you it just like you know we never really know where memories are stored they're kind of stored all over the place so it kind of unlocks right. maybe like a different part of it or allows you to look at it from a different angle or maybe just connect with that like are you supposed to be writing about your childhood at the time? <laughs> you can. I'm, you, yeah. I'm asking I, yeah. you too many questions about this. No, no, I would say yes. I think it's different for everybody, anybody. You know, I think it's whatever whatever you write is going to be. It's almost like a stream of consciousness kind of stuff. Ah. Like just get out a pen and start writing with your opposite hand and whatever you feel like writing and whatever comes out comes out. And sometimes you'll be surprised at what kind of stuff comes out. Gosh, see, this is something I feel like the brainiacs will try on their own. That's yeah, why please do, and then you know, yeah, make do, sure do that like little... anything, you have somebody to talk to, and you know. Oh, you're so nice. Yeah, um, I think it's important. All right, let's wrap this show up. But um, yeah, we covered a lot of ground, Sarah. We sure did. Some <laughs> sciency stuff, some shopping stuff, some semen in the arm, some naked stuff. I wish when somebody did something crazy, like inject semen in their arm, I wish that they would tell who it was and like what they do for a living and stuff. Oh my I God. I want to know more about this guy. Unless, yeah. unless he's just sort of a just, dummy. Just like then. I need the mystery of the, the doorbell liquor. Yeah. Like I want to know who you are. Place. See, this is part yeah. of my problem. That's why I write to yeah. killers. By the way, that <laughs> reminds me, I wanted to ask the brainiacs. To help me, I'm kind of sort of crowdsourcing something, which is, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm writing to these criminals, inmates, mm-hmm. and I really want to hear about people who are in jail that I maybe wouldn't know, like, oh, okay, you know, the main ones everybody knows, everybody knows mm-hmm. the Unabomber and the various high-profile cases. I want to know if they've heard of one, maybe on a podcast, maybe in a book or whatever, where somebody did something, but it didn't. It wasn't like they became a celebrity or anything. It's just they're in prison. They did this thing and is interesting for whatever reason. And to have them let me know because then I can look into it and see if they'd be a good fit for my project. Awesome. There's your call to action, people. Yeah. Find inmates. Yeah. They could be murderers or pedophiles or mm, kidnappers. I don't care. Oh, my goodness. Anything where you kind of want to know, like, what went wrong with this person and why did they end up in this position? That's what I'm looking Mm -hmm. for. Interesting. All right. There you have it, people. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye, folks. Bye.